G'day guys and welcome once again to the Coach Mark Carroll podcast. Today's episode is going to be on a topic I talk a lot about on social media, with my content, especially on Instagram. It's going to be around exercise selection. So more specifically, is there such a thing as a bad exercise? Now, on social media, it's filled with, you know, black and white extremes. So this exercise is the best thing in the world. Then this exercise is the worst thing in the world and you're a moron if you do it and and whatnot. So that's kind of social media in a nutshell. Um, it didn't used to be like this with exercise selection and exercise execution, but it's really kind of tra- changed the last couple of years, some for the some for not so good, but I think majority of it is actually really good because it's making people think, myself included, the last few years. But sometimes I think we also overcomplicate things. And in the in the quest for always creating better and better content, sometimes I think the message can get a little bit blurred and we can go to pushing a little bit too heavy on the extremes. So this episode, I really want to kind of dive into what would potentially make an exercise a bad exercise. So I think this ex- this podcast should be nice and beneficial for you guys. Now, as always, please leave a, um, a five-star rating, guys, if you haven't ever done that for the Coach Mark Carroll podcast. It helps me tremendously and... I've seen a lot of you lately leaving nice little reviews, just one, two sentence reviews help so much. And also make sure you click follow um, for the podcast and also share to your social media. Now, so I'm going to do my best today, guys, for this podcast. So today is Wednesday in Australia. I normally do one on the weekend and release it Monday. And then I do a second one on Wednesday, but I missed earlier in the, in the week. This one, so this week will probably just be a one episode week. Myself, I generally, you know, go through energy ups and downs at the moment. The last few days, last week or so, have been a bit of a challenge. Feeling a bit, a bit white mentally lately. So, joys of you know trying to do a lot of things in life. You know, trying to work on a lot of things and projects, and always get better and learning and stuff like that. So you get a little bit burnout, believe me. And, you know, the harder you push, the more you want to get better, the more you can kind of push yourself into that kind of burnt out zone, which I'm definitely feeling after the end of my recent challenge, the Phoenix Method. So, yeah, that was really cool. The Phoenix Method, we had, well, it's still on sale, but we've had over 2,600 people signed up to the Phoenix Method in three weeks. So, Thank you to everyone for being a part of that. And I can't wait for so many of you to crush it now. So with that, guys, I'm going to do my best today because today I've had to have a a lot of caffeine to get myself up to the level of podcasting. If you guys follow me on social media, you know I probably don't talk a whole lot most of my days. It's in my office just working and sticking to myself and work and work and work. So when I ever do a podcast, it's really having to get myself in a zone to be able to chat and it's funny after I do a podcast I'm normally totally wiped out and I normally have to lie down for like an hour even though my podcasts are like 20 minutes 30 minutes it just really takes it out of me so we'll see how we go guys but I think this one will be valuable so with that guys 
this episode is, is there such thing as a bad exercise? Now, let's kind of look at firstly who I'm training. I'm training people to get stronger, build muscle. Basically that. I'm not doing group circuit classes and stuff like that. I used to when I started out in the industry where I'm just trying to get people moving and get calorie expenditure. And this is important to clarify this message because what I'm putting out there to the world and educating is specific to my audience, is specific to what I try to achieve. Then what I want people to do who watch my content and learn from me is understand that, hey, this is what Mark's saying specific to this goal that he's talking about. But too often you get people who don't even follow you, never seen any of your stuff, and then they comment on your stuff saying you're a moron or whatever. So the other day I did a post on Kim Kardashian um, doing a kneeling banded squat and her coach and basically, I just said, because like, I've spoken about the kneeling banding, banded squat a lot being not a great glute exercise. And I post about this because I got scented a lot. So long story short, um, obviously, Kim Kardashian has a lot of followers. Her current coach, um, I think Sonata, it is, you know, she's got millions upon millions of followers and people sent it to me because um, Kim Kardashian's former coach, Fit Girl Mel, I actually used to coach and I used to do mentoring for Mel. So that's kind of the, for some reason when Kim does stuff, she people often send me because they think it's affiliated to me, but Mel, Fit Girl Mel, who I used to coach and she did mentoring with me, um, she wasn't doing that. So people are like, oh, look what, um, she's doing, I'm like, no, Mel's not coaching her at the moment. Um, this other person is. And so everyone sent it to me and, and was like, well, what's your thoughts on this? And whenever I put out things, it's never personal. It's never an attack on everyone. Like I'm the last person in the world who wants to make people feel shit or anything like that. I'm always just someone who wants people to understand, Hey, this is going to probably be helpful for my goal or not so helpful for my goal. And the only reason why I kind of posted about it was because so many people were sending it to me and it was posted around the topic of Kim's glutes workout. So when you say it's for a glutes workout, that's obviously signal to a majority of their millions upon millions of followers that, hey, this is what you should be doing for your glutes. And that's where things get a little bit murky because then I'm like, well, here's the thing. I educate. I educate thousands of people. I I've educated and mentored hundreds of coaches, probably thousands of coaches now. And so there's always this, I guess, sense of I want to put out quality content because what I say generally then has a trickle-down effect to coaches who then coach clients who then talk to their friends and whatnot. So I always feel like a responsibility to try and put out really good content to help people. And so this is why I kind of post about the kneeling band squat. And the funny thing was is that everything I said was right of course i'm not going to post if it's not right but then you know i got this one person who was saying oh, you're a moron because this is what an athlete uses and floyd mayweather or usain bolt use this and they're athletes and totally just moving the goalpost and basically just trying to say that i'm a moron but every single thing they said was 
absolutely irrelevant to the post and didn't at all dismiss anything that I said. So as usual on social media, people just want to, you know, person had like 300 followers or something trying to write on my stuff to probably hopefully get seen on a post and whatnot. And basically, you know, your typical kind of moron on social media who just basically changes everything um, to just create content or something, I guess. But point was, is that when it comes to exercise selection, like what makes a bad exercise, you always want to think along a couple of variables. So number one, when, when you're thinking of like, is an exercise a good exercise? Well, number one, is it safe? Does it hurt you? Does it lead to injury? Now, this can be quite a broad term because a squat is a fantastic exercise, but for some people, it might not be safe because of their moving patterns. It doesn't mean the squat's not safe. It just means they don't move that well to support the movement patterns and mobility you need for a squat. For someone like myself, I've had all these injuries. So when I squat, I always seem to hurt myself because of my body's the problem, not the squat. So does it hurt hurt you? Well, it hurts me certain exercises. So therefore, one exercise which can be good for other people is not good for me. And that's the same with all of us. But there's also exercises probably going to be more prone to doing stupid things, you know, like people who are, you know, you see a lot of the old school CrossFit stuff that used to be pretty wild and, you know, people always getting injured, you know, people who are 65 years old, haven't worked down there doing crazy Olympic lifting snatches and stuff like that, where their body's just not prepared for that and they're getting hurt. So the logic behind that was just poor. So people got hurt, but doesn't mean every exercise is good or bad because it can hurt you. It just often means that this exercise isn't probably ideal for you. And this is why I say in my coach Mark Carroll app, we have an exercise, but then say it's a squat, but then in my app, we have a drop-down link where you can choose other exercises, a split squat, a leg press, you name it. So you have other options if you can't do a certain exercise. And that's what you kind of want to look at being a coach is, hey, I want to coach them to do this. But if they can't do this, what's the next logical decision and work your way down from, from there? Now, that's obviously just the most basic one. Does it hurt you? Does this cause injury? Okay, but this still doesn't mean if it's an exercise naturally good or bad in general, but is it? bad for you that's something you need to ask yourself now probably the biggest one is when it comes to social media and what i put out there with content and education around exercise selection is does this exercise actually train what you think it does and what you think you're using it for and so we can look at that kim kardashian kneeling squat which i did the post about and had arguments with people was that a kneeling squat can, yes, use the glutes, but doesn't mean it's training or challenging the glutes in any meaningful way. And that's the point that people often don't understand is that it's like, yeah, but it trains this muscle. Yeah, it can train that muscle, but doesn't mean it's doing it in any way that's going to lead to probably hypertrophy adaptations, which is why I train people. I train people to build muscle, get stronger, and it's through smart exercise selection. So if I'm training someone or if I'm training any of you guys, right, and if you've come to me and say, hey, Mark, I've got 12 weeks. I want you to get me in the best shape of my life. Would I want to, A, choose what I think are the best exercises to achieve that for you, or B, 
choose any exercise out there and the millions of exercises out there and just as long as it kind of does a little bit of hitting certain muscles you'd probably be like yeah i'm not really signing up for you to get the try to get amazing results in 12 weeks for you to choose meaningless exercises you want the best of the best right like that's what most people want and that's why people come to me they're not coming to me to just be entertained they're coming to me to get results and that's what i do that's my passion in life is getting people results and that's why i've been able to train a lot of great people and then those great people win world titles and stuff and that comes from always thinking what's the goal and then i choose appropriate appropriate tools to work towards that goal now when i say does it train what you think you are using it for think of it kind of like glute exercises in general okay there's a lot of stuff with banding glute exercises and you know the typical person at the gym where they throw a band on every exercise and think they're making it more glutes now think of it like this right i've used this kind of analogy before and i've seen a lot of people in the industry get angry so i'll use it again let's say you're doing a bicep curl right with dumbbells standing up and doing a dumbbells and you're curling right so just doing a bicep dumbbell curl now let's add a band but let's put the band around your knees and you just need to push out against the resistance and do your bicep curls all right so just imagine staying there and doing your bicep curls and then the band is around your knees and you're just pushing out against the resistance you're not moving in and out you're not abducting in and out you're just staying there now Think of that, just pitch yourself doing that position. Does that make that a good glute exercise? Well, no, it's a bicep curl. You're training your biceps. But you. the thing is, though, with people's logic, it's like, well, but I'm feeling my glutes. Yes, you are feeling your glutes because there's a band around your knees and you're abducting out. So you're, you know, having a resistance there, but it's not making it a glute exercise that's meaningful, right? It's just going to be, yes, you're going to get recruitment. You're going to feel your glutes. You're going to feel activation of the glutes if you did a study of it. You're going to feel a burn because you're holding an isometric contraction against the resistance of the band. But the whole point is you're doing a bicep curl. So does that mean that a bicep curl is a good glute exercise? No. But that's the idea that people often have. It's like, but I feel this. I feel this in this muscle. And it's trying to get across to people that, yes, just because you feel something in a certain muscle doesn't mean it's going to be a meaningful stimulus to create a long-term adaptation being hypertrophy, so muscle growth. And that's sometimes people often get confused. It's like um, my friend Kasim Hansen uses the term a lot is sensation. Sensation is like where you feel something really deeply in a muscle or a burn or something like that but often isn't always meaning that it's better for hypertrophy a lot of the times like not all exercises are going to give you the exact same feeling especially when you're doing more low rep work four five six reps you're probably not going to get the same feeling because you're not getting the same time on attention say as doing doing a longer higher rep exercise so think of doing like a barbell squat for a really hard five reps well, let's say four reps. It's going to be super hard and you're going to be working so hard and you're going to be using a lot of weight ideally and you do your four reps. 
you're not going to get a crazy burn in your quads, but they're being worked. But now if you did 50 reps on the leg extension of a really light weight, you're going to get an insane amount of a burn, right? But it's different if that you make, if you get me, like it's a 50 reps of a leg extension versus four reps of a squat. It's going to be a very different feeling, but it doesn't mean the squats were less effective. And that's how you often kind of want to think with feeling things is just because you don't always feel a crazy burn in exercise doesn't mean it's not effective and doesn't mean you're not using those muscles. So take a squat, for example, if you weren't using your quads, you would just fall down. So you're still using your quads very much. So what does this mean? So does it train what you're using it for? Well, is what you're choosing as an exercise really doing the task that you think you're doing? Now, if you're just trying to move around the gym and get calories burnt, cool, go for it. There's nothing wrong with that at all. I'm not trying to say that. But let's say you're choosing a kettlebell swing for glutes, okay, a kettlebell swing. So people think, well, a swing is basically what we call it, a hip hinge. So whether you're doing RDL, that's a hip hinge, or you're doing a kettlebell swing, that's a hip hinge. But the difference is that a kettlebell swing will be basically using all momentum. And so there's going to be really no tension in the muscles throughout like a consistent tension the the mo- the momentum is what is really moving the weight combined with a lot of power so yes we're performing hip extension but we're not performing it in a way that we're really getting meaningful tension into the glutes and hamstrings and people think again yes but i'm training my glutes and hamstrings as a hip hinge but this is, again, important to understand. Hypertrophy is not just about moving weight. It's about creating tension within the targeted muscles, okay? So that's why, again, like, is it doing what you, you think you're doing? Does it train those muscles? Well, yes, somewhat, but not, again, in a in a manner that's probably going to lead to hypertrophy adaptation. So that's, again, is it even training the muscles? Yes, but is it training those muscles in a way that can lead to building muscle? Likewise, you can think, hey, when I go for a run, I'm using my legs, right? Does that mean my legs are going to get bigger because my legs hurt? Well, yeah, they're hurting, but it's not, again, a load, a weight that's going to lead to hypertrophy. So then that's where you then have to kind of think, and I kind of always think this when I'm putting workouts together, is is there superior options to choose for the client's exercise selection? Now, I've spoken on this on other podcasts I've been a guest on. And one of the things is, is that a lot of people get angry again when you say, oh, this exercise is not great. And then they kind of then lead to saying, well, no, no, there's no bad exercises and stuff like that. And that's true as well for the most part. If it doesn't hurt you and, and all that stuff. But you need to think, do I want to be choosing the top exercises suited towards my goal or do I want to be choosing just any exercise that can kind of do that so like everything is not always equal okay so let's say if you're trying to think try to grow for the guys trying to grow your chest or the women trying to grow your glutes and it could be vice versa if you really want to build muscle and it meant a lot to you right in the next six months a year working with me you would, if you wanted to have the best chance to really grow your physique, I would be as your coach wanting to give you the exercise I thought would by far be the most efficient and effective way to achieve those goals. 
This doesn't mean you have to choose only the best two, three exercises. It can be, you know, a large collection of exercises. Think of it like, let's say there's when we're training glutes. Think of all the good glute exercises. We've got a lunge. We've got a split squat. We've got a squat. We've got an RDL. We've got a hip thrust. We've got a bridge. We've got a back extension. We've got kickbacks. We've got abduction. There's nine there, right? There's and that's and that sounds like a whole lot. So there's nine exercises just there without looking at the variations. That's a lot of exercises to use, right? And a lot of exercises to keep a client excited and keep a client feeling like they're working on different things each phase, but also still keep them progressing well whilst being mentally stimulated. But the big issue is that you find that instead of choosing, say, the top 10 exercises for glutes or chest or whatever, people then generally go, oh, but I just want them to have fun and there's no bad exercises and all exercises are good. But the issue with that is, is that let's say instead of choosing the top 10, you just give your client, say, an exercise, which is the 40th best glute exercise. And then you give them the 44th best glute exercise. And then you give them the 36th best exercise and the 50th best exercise. Obviously, again, it's not a perfect order, but you generally have a good idea of what would be towards a better end versus the not so good end. Now, you could say, well... Here I am doing four exercises for glutes. My client, I'm giving them four exercises for glutes and they love it. So therefore, there's no bad exercises and they're training. So they should just do what they want and don't tell people not to do exercises and stuff like that. And there's nothing inherently wrong with that. But the issue is when they don't get results and this will happen, people are like, well, I'm not getting results. I'm going to the gym you know, I'm training glutes two to three days a week and I'm not growing and I'm training hard and doing all these things. And then they go to the coach, like, why am I not growing? And then the coach kind of is at a loss and it generally comes back to, well, yeah, you're doing all these things. Well, you're getting to the gym, you're trying hard, but you're also choosing exercises which are pretty, pretty limited to their growth potential. So you've gone for comfort. You've gone for fun. You've gone for spicing things up every session but what you haven't gone for is trying to choose the best of the best and just get really really good at them over and over and over so yeah you've trained exercises that kind of train the glutes but they didn't none of them train the glutes all that well you've chosen exercises that gave you a little bit of tension in the glutes but not that much in a meaningful way so you're doing all these things yes you're getting to the gym but you're just not doing anything all that well and that's something that people again don't seem to grasp is that you're not trying to be a bad person for telling people, hey, this exercise is not that great. You're just actually just trying to say, hey, I've seen you say how desperate you are wanting to improve and how much it means to you. So I've given you what you actually want to achieve. And that's the thing with exercise selection. Are you doing an exercise because you want to achieve a specific goal? Or are you just getting to the gym just to move around and get your heart rate up and get calorie expended and things like that? Because they're two different things. And that's, again, when it comes back to I'm trying to help people achieve their best physiques possible. Physiques they never thought possible. I'm trying to train pro bikini competitors. I'm trying to train personal trainers who want to learn to help them build their business to be able to achieve better results with their clients. I'm trying to help people go from, you know, 
feeling of like they're just plateaued and helpless to doing amazing things. That's very different to just going, hey, let's just hope for the best and come to the gym and get a workout in. And that's why, again, when I'm talking about exercise selection and is there such a bad exercise, I'm always thinking, is this working towards the client's goal? So if the client has no goals, then it doesn't matter as much. But if my client has very specific goals and says, I want X, I want to compete, I've got a weak area of my glutes and I can't grow them and I've been doing all these kind of influencer workouts, can you help me? Good chance I'm going to try and choose what I believe will be the best for the job. So that's the way you kind of want to look at exercise selection. Are you choosing exercises that hurt you? Well, then skip them. You don't need to do any exercise unless you're trying to bench, squat, and deadlift to be a powerlifter. So choose exercise that you can do comfortably. But are you choosing an exercise that trains what you actually think you're using it for? If you think you're doing a back exercise and you're doing a an exercise which doesn't train the back or train that portion of the back, let's like you're not obviously choosing the right exercise. It doesn't mean the exercise is a bad exercise. It just doesn't mean it's a good exercise for what your goal is. Like I often, you often see people say a squat is a good hamstring exercise. And the thing is a squat actually doesn't train the hamstrings. Okay. So a squat's a great exercise, but it's a shit hamstring exercise because the hamstrings don't actually get trained in a squat. The quads do. The quads are the antagonist of your hamstrings. So if your quads are being trained, the hamstrings are not. The glutes get trained and the quads, but not the hamstrings. And so therefore, does that mean the squat's a bad exercise? No, the squat's an amazing exercise. I love the squat, but the squat is a shit hamstring exercise because it doesn't actually train the hamstrings. Now, people then freak out and go, oh, this means you hate the, the, the squat. No, I hate the squat for our hamstrings. And this is where people kind of get it mixed up. And likewise, I'm not saying I hate every banded banded burnout kind of workout and stuff like that i just think there's probably much better targeted exercise that we can choose especially for people who are really desperate to get results and they've tried for a long time to get results and they just can't seem to improve so therefore you kind of want to think well what is the best tool for the job let's choose that and anytime I'm not choosing that, I always think I'm doing the client a disservice. I'm doing my programs a disservice when people are coming to me to really try to help them for specific reasons. So with that, then you go again, is there superior options? So am I choosing a glute exercise, which is probably the 50th best glute exercise? Well, that's not that bad if you're training five other top five glute exercises if you do one two three four five the best five glute exercises there are whatever they are and the 50th it's not going to matter right because you're doing the main ones but the issue is, is that when your exercise selection consists of the 50th best exercise for glutes the 45th best exercise the 60th yes you're doing volume yes you're doing sets you're doing multiple exercises but you're also just choosing exercises that aren't all that great so yes of course your results aren't going to be that great so that's why again way i want you to think about it is if you want to use fun gimmicky variations from instagram go for it but just don't make that your whole workout make choose one exercise and use that as a fun one whilst you're lunging whilst you're hip thrusting whilst you're squatting whilst you're doing romanian deadlifts have a fun variation go for it there's nothing wrong with that but just don't make it 
every single exercise for your goals because then you're just going to be doing yourself a disservice. Now, then the final one, I guess I'd, I haven't really got into and I don't won't go into too much heavily right now is are you able to actually execute the exercise correctly? Now, sometimes or a lot of the time, you know, I put out a bit more complicated exercises not even complicated exercise, just basic exercise done well, you know, with a specific tempo. And then you see people be, oh, I don't like this exercise. And I then get sent the video of them doing the exercise and the exercise they're doing or how they're performing it looks absolutely nothing like how I was teaching it and coaching it. So that's one of the things where you go, well, is it the exercise or is it just the person doesn't yet understand how to execute that exercise? So often people, I think, think exercises are bad or not great for them just because they don't quite actually understand yet how to execute. Okay. So that's another big one you want to think. Are you able to actually execute correctly? Because chances are if you're able to do a really high level technique and execute well, it's probably going to be more effective than just doing an exercise, obviously poorly. So they're the kind of things I want you to look at. All right. So is there such a thing as a bad exercise? Well, yes and no. Know that no movement is inherently bad. Yes, though, if it can hurt you, or yes, it can be a bad choice if it doesn't actually train what you think it's doing. So it could be the best quad exercise in the world, but if it doesn't train the hamstrings, then it's not a good hamstring exercise. It's a terrible hamstring exercise. So that's why, again, what is the exercise actually doing? If it's not training what you think it's doing then it's, and you're using it for that task, then it's a terrible exercise for that specific goal. And that's just the way you want to think, okay? And then finally, is this a high-level exercise, you know, for that muscle group? Well, if it's not, um, am I also using a lot of good exercise for that muscle group? Then that one exercise, which isn't that great that you love, isn't detrimental. But if you're choosing five crappy exercises and no none of the great quality exercise for that muscle group, then you're going to suffer. And so it's going to be more of an issue. And it just comes back to what do you want? Do you really want to do your absolute everything to be at a high level? Or do you want to just go to the gym and get calories burnt? There's nothing wrong with either way. But the thing is, I think people also think that it's just doing high quality exercises is boring and it's not because you get great results and you notice your improvements and you enjoy learning and you enjoy getting better. So there's all these things to look at guys, but I guess in summary, is there such a thing as a bad exercise? There's definitely a bad exercise, such a thing as a bad exercise when it comes to whether or not an exercise is ideal for a specific goal. If you have a really targeted goal and this exercise is not doing that at all, then obviously it's a bad exercise for that goal. So I hope that gives you a bit of clarity, guys. I did my best today with trying to make sense. So often I'm thinking after I do a podcast, like, is that clear at all? Or does that make sense? And it's quite hard when you're not, you know, I used to lecture and teach to students in classrooms and stuff, but not being able to do that in person gets a little bit harder um, on a podcast. But I hope that gives you a bit of clarity and answers around, you know, exercise selection. So guys, as always, if you want to use my methods and learn from me, make sure you go to coachmarkcarroll.com, guys, and check out all my programs. Um, and as well, if you enjoyed the podcast and it gave you some some knowledge or give you a bit of clarity, 
and you enjoy it, make sure you share to your Instagram, your audience. It always helps a lot. Get the Coach Mark Carroll podcast out there and leave a five-star rating and review as always, guys. So thank you, and I'll chat to you soon, guys. Bye.